Toku Secrets is a podcast run by the Anime Secrets website. Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org for more anime, video game, tokusatsu content. Remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts today. Hey everybody, it's Jason from Orange Time Force, and you're watching Toku Secrets Podcast. Tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets Podcast, presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I'm your host, Nathan Desaw, uh, Boken Silver, and today we are continuing our review of Kyoryu Sentai Ge- uh, G-Ranger. Uh, we have the whole crew on here again. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Go ahead, guys. Hey, no, that chicken right here. Hey, Rizwan, Gokai Red, and dear God, I'm still happy this is not Geku Ranger. <laughs> I'm uh, Anthony Davis, also known as Kyoryu Green. And I just turned 31 yesterday. <laughs> and Patrick turned 30-something today. 32. 32, yeah. Oh, happy birthday, Patrick. So we're Patrick. podcasting some of the most boring episodes ever for your birthday this celebration. Mm. Maybe we can Sorry, get some inter- maybe we get some laughter value out of this. Oh, we will. I have some, <laughs> I have some stuff. But... Oh, well, me, Nate, and Anthony were talking about one moment in particular before you joined the call. We're gonna talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Patrick. Um, I didn't realize it was your birthday. Happy birthday, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't pronounce. I don't announce it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so yeah, he does not hate his back hair. When you get to thirty, you kind of don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I, I, somebody who's thirty-five, yeah, I don't care about my life anymore. <laughs> well, I'll I'll note that after my next birthday, because I turn thirty next year. So, well, you're still a youngling, so watch out for Anakin. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, and if y'all are listening in and you haven't heard yet, we do have a new podcast called Jedi Squadron. If you're not listening to that, what are y'all doing? Right. Little seamless plug for our other property. Pretty cool <laughs> plug, though. Yeah, well. All right, so for those back home who are listening, uh, well, we got some good news and bad news for you guys. So the good news <laughs> is our very next podcast is actually going to be a very interesting one because we're going to be covering... Uh, what is uh, not only a great story arc, in fact, I would honestly say that uh, even today it's probably at least a top three uh, Sentai Sixth Ranger introduction story arc, and it's a very big mm-hmm. landmark in uh, Sentai history. So the good news is in our very next podcast, we're going to be covering that. Now, what's the bad news? Uh, the bad news is, is that this podcast that we're doing right now is going to be the most boring podcast we've ever done. <laughs> so <laughs> we will find a way to make it entertaining for the masses, dang it. Yeah, we must entertain our we must no. entertain our darling fans. Welcome to typical Zoo Ranger fair. <laughs> yeah, so still this better isn't than Gecky Ranger. Still better the last than time Ranger. we're going to be doing an episode like this. Yeah, so we're reviewing. And this is not the last time I'll take a dab at Gecky Ranger. Yeah, you'll be doing that until the end of time. Um, or until I find a new punching bag. So we're reviewing uh, G-Ranger episodes uh, 11 through 16. Um, 
So spoiler alert for the rest of this, all of these are filler episodes. I actually considered uh, having us just review all of these along with the uh, 10 episodes we reviewed in the last podcast, and I honestly really regret that I didn't do that. But uh, here we are. So um, <laughs> anyway, let's give a brief intro, uh, recap of uh, what of last time with uh, G-Ranger, just a general uh, premise. Uh so, uh, 170 million years ago, in uh, the time of the dinosaurs, uh, the evil witch Pandora and her gang of monsters were attempting to destroy the dinosaur race, and she was sealed away on the planet Nemesis by the great Daijujin, the great beast god. But then, uh, in the present day, she is released by two unsuspecting astronauts and prepares to uh, reconquer Earth. Uh, a powerful wizard from the past named Barza revives the five G-Rangers, who are warriors from uh, five different tribes that were chosen to fight Bondora. They were put into stasis in case Bondora would return. Uh, those five include uh, Geki, the brave Tyranno Ranger, Yoshi, the stoic and intelligent mammoth ranger, Don, the courageous but brash Tricera Ranger, Boy, the young and optimistic Tiger Ranger, and May, the sweet and gentle Terror Ranger. And together they are Kyuryu Sentai G-Ranger, uh, they are armed with the legendary weapons, and they have the assistance of their guardian beasts, uh, d giant dinosaur demigods that uh, all combine to form Daijujin, and they defend the world against Bondora. And the big thing is that in the last two episodes that we reviewed, a two-parter, it was revealed that there were um, two uh, dinosaur eggs, one male and one female, that were birthed to help revive the dinosaur race, but the eggs were lost in battle against Bondora, but... It's important to note that the uh, last that the end of the episode showed that the eggs are still intact, and unfortunately, that's going to be a recurring uh, uh, plot element. But <laughs> if there's one good thing about this batch of episodes, they're not going to show up in these episodes. So let's at least take some solace in that. <laughs> all right, so all right, let's uh, jump into our first filler episode. Uh, I'm Master. Uh, this doesn't. Um, this doesn't really, uh, none of the main G-Rangers really play a part in this. Uh, it's an episode where uh, Totpad and Bookback find a uh, magic lamp that has a genie called Dijin, who becomes a target of Bondora when the lamp gets found by a group of children. And it's basically just, um, I don't know, it's just standard episode. The genie gets captured, and he's not actually a bad monster. He's just being used for bad, and then he befriends a group of children, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I just talked for quite a bit, so anybody want to take uh, the first uh, jabs at this episode? <laughs> for the jabs. Does anyone have, like... <laughs> Does anyone want to go first? I'm guessing not, so I will give the contribution. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll kind of say you... You go. I'll go first. You're going to go first? Go for it. Yeah. Where do I begin? Where Again, you... with the children. With the children. <laughs> Why did they have to involve more children in this? I get it. Yeah, I get it. This is for kids. I understand that. But at the same time, it's like this could have been an easy, easily thing to kind of like not only build up the Zoo Rangers characters more, but they could have argued, say, hey, like, what if we what if wishing what if we wish for something that, you know, could long just wish away Bent Order to go away forever? You know, they'd be like, no, 
we shouldn't be using wasted wishes like that because you know that that could tip the balance of whatever and you know if we get rid of Pandora this easily then something else could be far worse come could come out and you know it's like a monkey's fault thing I mean it wasn't really that that premise of, of the of the episode but it could happen you never know but honestly it just it wasn't it was just meh to me yeah, I wish like, the premise was a lot better. Me, yeah, give me something of substance here. <laughs> Please. I thought Dijin was so, him. Honestly, I did not care about this. Y'all, y'all ready for my hot take? Go for it. Was this that... actually wanted a better episode than the Bath we watched. You know what's the horrible thing about that? Is that you're not wrong. <laughs> no, like, that's, that's out, of, out of the six episodes we watched, this would be my favorite. And genuinely, like, not even just talking about D6. Of everything I've seen in Zero Ranger so far, this is probably one of my favorite episodes that has come out of it. Like... Well, because it, it was actually different with the villain not actually being a villain, per se. Yeah, a it was villain. interesting. It, it gave us something. Yeah. It, and I gotta give credit where credit's due for that. I get it, Anthony. I really get it. We don't like the kids. The kids are weird. They're annoying. They're not adding anything to the main cast. We will all give a great rant on that at the end. But despite the kids, I thought this is kind of endearing because it made sense why the kids were involved this time. They found a lamp. The Zero Ranger find the kids. What? No, I get that. You're yeah, I definitely agree with you on that aspect. Yeah, like if you're gonna use kids, this is the way you do it. I'm just saying, like, this could have been a whole lot worse. But honestly, I thought this episode is Yeah, I think Dijin is what made me like this episode. Like he's a I don't know, he's an entertaining monster, and I just have to ask, like, between him and uh, Dora Sphinx, how is it that we've had two Dora monsters that are more interesting than the actual G-Rangers themselves? That's what I'm thinking. Well, we'll That's cover sad. that at the end, really because we'll, we'll cover that rant at the end, because I don't want to have a copy and paste of what Anthony just rambled in every episode this yeah, you're we right. do. Because this will come up very often, so let, let's hold that till the end. Because we all know, the elephants in the room, guys, we mm. all know that the, these Sentai Rangers have no personality. It, it, they don't. I, I don't want to beat up on that every single episode. It, it gets boring for me to talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm probably going to give this um, a 7. I, I think it's good. I, I like the Dijin. I, like, I think Dijin is in interesting monster and that's that's why i'm gonna give it a seven i'm gonna give this an eight because that's actually good you know despite my, my my ramblings i'm actually still gonna give it a seven too just because like i like the genie the genie was actually the least thing i i, I hate about this episode so yeah no, no i thought it was pretty forgettable but Jin does well, make it, just salvage it a little bit, so I guess 
a five, yeah. I guess. Well, the the genie had more character than the cast, and made me like him a lot more than the cast. Yeah, but I'm still like, I kind of cast doesn't get anything to work with either. This is still better than yeah. John. And uh, to be also to be fair, like MPR's episode of this that that this didn't do any better. So, hey, what was the MPR equivalent? It was, it was a simple. It was, it was it was a body swap episode with uh, Billy Kimberly. Oh, okay. I was looking for the. I couldn't quite remember what. Mighty I think Warfare the monster's was name was the yeah, Mini okay. Genie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. <laughs> Meanie genie. And like they didn't they didn't they didn't make the genie good in this. He was completely evil. Um when they defeat when they defeat the genie, uh it sit somewhere. I forgot where what they sent that that thing to. But yeah, it 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 didn't really humanize the genie in any way. He was just evil from the start to finish, so Oh, and the fact that they didn't even like incorporate the magic of the genie into the switch of places like the body swap episode because it was mostly Billy's machine that that malfunctioned due to Swat and Babu's interfering, and that's why they body swapped him, those two, and then both the skull switch bodies too. I I'm okay with that because you don't get a lot of footage you can salvage from the Sentai to bring to the American adaptation here. I just found it boring, honestly. It was only thing I liked about it was the fact that like they did by swapping correctly when yeah. it comes to Billy and uh Kimberly and you know Bulk Skull. Looking at you Megaforce. They don't you they don't Yeah, because <laughs> they don't use oh, let's just swap their voices too along with their, their bodies. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. That'd be like if me and Nate switch bodies, and I have and I have Nate's voice, and he has my voice. That's not how that works. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the only two Toku episodes I've seen <clears> do that well are the Mighty Morphin episode you just mentioned, and uh, the episode where uh, Luca and Don switch bodies in uh, in Gokai. That was pretty good too. And yeah, that's that's how you do body swapping. But for some reason, Kyrie doesn't do it right. So well, Sen- well, Sentai's done that before well, too. Like Sentai did it in Cure Uger, and uh, but the fact that Mighty Morphin Powers did it once and they did it correctly once, and then they didn't do it do it right the the next few times they do it, it's just bizarre yeah. to me. It's like anyway, we want we want to move on to the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, <clears throat> this episode is called pa- uh, Episode Twelve. It's called Papa's a Vampire. Uh, this is a uh, Okay, you can't see me doing air quotes, but a uh, Dan centric episode, um, <laughs> um, where uh, Dan is uh, befriending a little girl who is uh, brainwashed into believing her father is a vampire because uh, Hot Pat uh, wants to drink her blood because uh, you know he's a vampire and that's what vampires do. Uh, this episode is boring, and what's odd is that. I didn't even find Dan that annoying or a jerk in this episode, so I can't even com- I can't even complain about how about Dan being Dan in this episode. Like, there's literally nothing to this episode, in my opinion. I I'm gonna start off by saying 
I am today years old when I realized Top Pat was a vampire. Yeah, he doesn't look like it, does he? No, like, growing up, I never once considered him to be a vampire. I mean, there's a reason why Power Rangers was able to get I don't know what I call him a baboon. I need it. Yeah. So, I'm going to just start there and say I never considered it. So, this episode was a bit eye-opening for me in that regard. Yeah. Growing up, I was assuming that he was just similar to the uh, flying monkeys from freaking uh, Wizard of Oz. Because they was well, like, oh, what, she's that's what, a witch. That's what Gryphazor is supposed to be. Interesting. Yeah, so this episode was extremely forgettable. Um, I don't think there was a single bit of interesting character development here. Um, the villain was also very meh. <clears throat> I, I have nothing to give here, so I'm going to close my thoughts and let Patrick and Anthony ramble by saying this is a five. This episode was just kind of boring to me, honestly. It was like, oh, my dad's, I think my dad's a vampire. And I kind of want to, like, hit him over the head with the bat just so he won't bite me. And you're like, that's it? Yeah. Are you sure? (laughs) Okay, whatever. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Did you want to say anything, Patrick? No. I'm giving this a five because, I mean, five is just my default rate if an episode just gives me nothing, but I can't think of anything bad about it. That's why I'm giving it a five. I'm giving it a five because I consider this episode average by even Sentai standards. Like, this is when you put in minimal effort. And I mean very minimal effort. When... The way to get me to go below five is to make me mad. And I'm not mad. So. Can't get mad at something where I don't feel anything. I'm also going to give it a five because it, like I said, it didn't give me anything. So I can't really like, you know. Yeah. Don't really care. I will say that it's um, interesting how when, when NPR did it. They actually, like, um, they introduced the Eye Guy monster. They used the Sentai footage of the little girl being sucked away by the eye in, the in like, the... It, when they were describing what its abilities can do and blah, 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 all that type of yeah. stuff. Yeah, a lot of early Power Ranger episodes tended to do that, where they would use... Uh, some stock footage of monsters and while Zordon was describing what the monsters could do. So, yeah. Yeah. But it kind of makes me wonder, like, um, is, is little girl in the Power Rangers one, is she, like, just gone forever? Like, <laughs> that's something I really, people, like, really care about, but it's like, I kind of, like, now think about it, it's like, what happens to, the, to these people who, who they use the footage for? Like, it, no explanation of nothing? It's just like, oh, that, that, that character's probably dead. Oh, it's kind of dark, but okay. Uh, Patrick, what were you going to give this episode? 
The four. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, we have uh, a May-centric episode. And this time I don't think I necessarily need to put air quotes because I do think that May plays you a big don't. part. Yeah. This is actually pretty May-centric, to be honest. Yeah. Um, this episode is called Fire the Golden Arrow. Uh, in the episode, uh, May gets poisoned by an apple that sends her into a deep sleep and knocks her out. And uh, this is bad because the Geo-Rangers are battling a monster that only her Terra arrow can defeat. Um, I, I want to start off by saying that I, I actually, uh, I want to start off with reviewing this actually. I, I like this episode. Um, I, it, it's probably, okay, well, I'm debating over whether this is my favorite or the next one, but in my defense, the only reason I'm, Thinking that the next one might be my favorite is because it's just got so many stupid, crazy stuff in it that it actually entertains me in an ironic sort of way. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I I think this was genuinely entertaining. I mean, okay, the whole May being like this delicate woman who can be who's actually a lot tougher than she looks. I mean, it's cliched, but. I don't know. I mean, I just want to take what I can get. I think May was actually pretty cool. And uh, for once, we have an episode where the child of the day plot, I think it's a bit more subdued because you could just say that the children of the day are just more children who are just affected by a monster spell. Because in previous episodes, they sometimes needed like the child of the day to help them defeat the monster. Here, May is the person who saves the day. So I... Yeah. I want to take what I can give with this episode. Now, I do have one problem, but I'm going to let uh, the other guys uh, give their opinions first. Uh, but I actually really like this episode. It's probably my favorite of this batch. Yeah. It was actually was pretty decent, too. I'll say that. Because it's actually, like, you know, has like has one of the Zoo Rangers actually be, you know... Not necessarily. I mean, yeah, she. It was about. It was about her, obviously, but it wasn't like one of those episodes where, like, you know, she has to like protect this one one kid or like a, you know, another thing. It's actually about her saving a bunch of other kids who are affected by the same thing. Kind of like how most Sentai monsters do when they like affect some people or like a town or like something like that, and. Of course, one of the rangers, or like all of them, had to figure out how to defeat this beat this creature of the day. So, I'll give him that. Anybody else? Am I the only? One, am I the only one that was kind of confused as to how she, how she woke up from the dream? She was trying to avoid falling into that fiery pit. So, how does she wake up? She jumps into said fiery pit. Yeah, that was a little confusing. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. Huh? <laughs> uh, Riz, you want to say anything? And then, Almost Patrick. And then, of course, Dan, Dan being annoying as as per usual. <laughs> yeah, this episode. I mean, it was an episode. It was interesting. I I think actually, I'm going to take back that earlier comment of sarcasm and say. I agree with you, Nate. This was actually on the better side of what we watched. Even counting the last batch of episodes, honestly. Like, 
it it gave a nugget, a small little minute nugget of May character development. So minute that it didn't really do anything for her, but the attempt was at least made for the first time. And I have to I have to give that some kind of prop because that's where we are in the season. And I wanna say this, like I don't like Okay, I obviously I think Kimberly is a way better character, but I don't think you can really hate May. I mean, she's a cute character. She's hard oh, to dislike. No, no, no absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. She's cute, yeah. Now I do have this. And the thing I don't like about Zoo Ranger, I she's the least thing I hate about Zoo Ranger. So that's that's one possible thing I don't want to say about it. I I I think. Go ahead. There is one problem I have with this though. Um, so. The Georanger episode continuously insists that only May's Terra Arrow can defeat the monster, but then they defeat the monster with the Howling Cannon, exactly how they defeat every other monster. The funny thing is, is that the Power Rangers episode, despite not um, building it up anymore, they actually handle it better, because in the Power Rangers episode, um, Kimberly uh, uses her Power Bow to defeat I think the was the monster snizzard in this episode. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. She she shoots the th- she shoots the arrow at snizzard and that defeats snizzard. Like the rangers don't form the power blast. Like the whole power blaster segment of the June Ranger episode is cut. So it's Kimberly who defeats snizzard by herself. Ironically enough, that ending works better in the June Ranger episode. Why do you have to have the howling cannon thing? I just think that that really is seems it just robs. From the idea that they're trying to make May seem like this really strong character because she needs the help of the other G Rangers to finish off another to finish off a monster. Because yeah. because that would be a defining character moment. We can't have that in this season. Oh yeah, I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. Character development, we can't have that. We can't have, have her defeat a monster by herself. No. I don't no, know no. if it was just due to timing constrict uh, restrictions or something on why Saban cut out the uh Power Blaster thing in the Mighty Morphin episode, but ironically enough, the Mighty Morphin episode ending works a lot better. Yeah, because like they actually let Kimberly have the dub. Um, but I'm I still like this for I mean, the ending with the Howling Cannon really bugs me, but I'm still actually going to give this a seven. I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to drop a seven on this as well. 7.5 for me. Huh? Patrick's going to drop a 4, I think. Mm, I'll give it a 5, probably. Just because I said a 4. <laughs> no, I was leaning towards <laughs> 5 beforehand, actually. <clears throat> Alright. Okay, next up we get uh, the episode Become Small. Uh, fun fact, uh, this episode was actually adapted into a very infamous episode among Power Rangers fans. Uh, we'll talk about the Power Rangers. We might, we're going to have to talk about the Power Rangers episode to some extent in this episode. But uh, this episode is called Become Small, uh, where this uh, boy that gets bullied a lot by adults named Toshiro, Toshio, he befriends a dwarf um, who was rejected by Bondora. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Basically, uh, Plepricon wanted to hire someone to be his assistant, but uh, Bondora didn't like uh, 
the uh, dwarf monster. So they use uh, his magic to shrink objects down and trap them into jars. And one of the things that they shrink down is a car with Don and Boy inside. And <laughs> this episode is entertaining in all the wrong ways. Because after I finished watching this episode, I just thought, like, what the heck is this episode? Like, and the more, and because, okay, the reason why this episode, uh, in Mighty Morphin was really uh, infamous is because um, so in the Mighty Morphin episode uh, it's about like uh, Trini revealing that she has a hobby of like collecting dolls and one of her favorite dolls is uh, this uh, uh, dwarf thing uh, which gets adapted into the monster. His name is Mr. Tickle Sneezer and the thing that makes it um, very infamous is the fact that at the end of the episode everything that uh, happened just turns out to be a dream uh, that Trini was having. So a lot of people didn't really like that. Um, but I can't blame them, because this episode just seems like so screwed up that I honestly can't really find a way on how Saban could have adapted this better, because, I mean, first of all, the adults are way too over the top. I mean, there's a part where um, both Toshio and the, uh, the dwarf monster... They they both grow um, they both grow together, which uh, is something that we're going to talk about in a second. But there's a point where Toshio's mom, like Daijujin gets his god horn, and his mother is all like, "Yeah, punish him, Daijujin! Punish him! Punish him! Punish him!" And it's like, "What are you calling for your kid to be beaten up by a giant robot? What is your problem?" Am I the only one that had the visual of Daijujin doing his finisher on the kid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same image in my head too. It had a, I, I got a pretty good laugh out of that visual. It was either that or him <laughs> just trying to spank the freaking uh, kid with the sword. Like he pins him over his leg. It wouldn't be out of character. It would for be. <laughs> and you know what's funny is that uh, another reason why this uh, is infamous in Power Rangers is because. Uh, um, there's literally a shot in the Power Rangers episode <laughs> where they use a shot where Toshio is standing behind Daijujin and you can literally see him. Like and they and they hold on him for like a good minute for like a good second. So I don't understand why Saban thought that that was an appropriate shot. Like did he that is one of the shots that doesn't translate into Power Rangers where I really just honestly thought like Saban said, "Eh, the kids are stupid. They won't notice it." noticed it i noticed it in my rewatch last month and i thought it was kind of odd and now that i've seen the sentai footage it's still it, odd. it's also a really funny uh if you've seen the mighty morphin episode you might know like uh the megazord gets trapped in a bottle and then they summon the the megazord sword which like lands in the ground and releases them <laughs> in this in this point uh after Daijujin gets released from the bottle uh Toshiro picks up the god horn and is all like I'm going to fight Daijujin ah and like it's just so, so stupid that that was just odd um I Okay, so my thoughts on this episode are this is the best worst episode ever. <laughs> Not because it's particularly good, 
But because it's so mm-hmm. stupid, I couldn't stop laughing at it. Yeah, exactly. So things much. keep happening, and it's like a train wreck. You know it's coming, but you can't look away. <laughs> and honestly, it it was interesting to see the kid turn into a monster in a week by the by you know association. But uh, this is not some. This is something I hope we never have to see again. One is enough. I'm still gonna give it a seven though, just because I find it entertaining. It's not good, but I got. I still found myself laughing, so it did something right. If not, if only just by accident. Oh no! I'm gonna give it a seven for the same reason. I I, I just thought it was funny. I'm gonna give yeah. it a six. Yeah, same here. You're giving it a seven or a six? Six. Okay. All right. So next up, we move on to uh, destroy the dark super sword. Um, this is a Goshi centric episode, and I think Goshi plays a big enough part in this for us to actually fairly call it a Goshi episode. Um, so Goshi befriends a cowardly boy. And needs to teach him about courage because uh, Andorra teach it, uh, captures him to on his tenth birthday to help him create this like sword that's invincible. Uh, a big thing is that we get some revelation on Goshi's backstory. Uh, he lost his parents as a child and was raised by his older sister Otome, and she got killed in the original battle with Andorra. So that's pretty cool. Um, I, I actually. Uh, I think it's a very cliched backstory, but I mean it's something with these G Rangers, and I, I I just have to grasp at straws with these characters. So I, I actually I actually really like that. Uh, I think the big thing that uh, you know we should address the elephant in the room uh, in this episode. Uh, yeah, sure. You mean totally. the mammoth sword in the room? How did the other four G Rangers teleport to the bat <laughs> to the battle through the TV? I was kind of wondering that myself, but I just kind of figured at this point, does it really matter? Yeah, remember the whole plot convenience point I had up in arms about last episode? Yeah, here we go again. <laughs> we, we, need them at the, we need them at the battlefield to help Goshi out, even though it's his episode and he should be able to handle this on his own. But no, let's just have them somehow jump to the TV. <laughs> Gosh. Hmm. I, I like what this episode does for Goshi. I mean, I, I think that the plot of, like, Goshi, like, you know, needing to learn, like, teach the kid courage does feel a little bit closer to home for Goshi, but I think the thing that really bogs this episode down for me is that I... I don't mind having the child here in this episode since I think it's a catalyst for bringing up Goshi's backstory, but can't we... Couldn't Goshi... So, the way that they saved the day in this episode is that, um, like, uh, Dora Knight Monster, or whatever he's called, uh, he was called Nasty Knight in Power Rangers. Um, yeah. Um, he, uh, like, it, it's pretty much the same in the Power Rangers episode. Like, this sword is, like, so powerful that, like, literally anything it strikes just gets destroyed and it's frying all the rain, all their weapons. 
But then apparently, like, the sword can't harm the person who made it, so they use Shigeru to, like, um, to, like, get in the cockpit so that they can have him, like, restore the god horn or something and then defeat the Dora Knight. Like, I don't know, like, the show is trying to go the route of making Goshi, like, the intellect of a team, so couldn't you have come up with a better way to, like, have Goshi just figure out a way to defeat the monster because that's the route they go with in the Power Rangers episode. Now it's really weird because they don't really explain much about how Zach's plan works, but it's at least something. I, I just wish that I just wish that the Geo Ranger episode did more with the with Goshi, and we don't have to have Shigeru play such a big part in the episode. I mean that's just that's just a recurring complaint we're gonna have is why doesn't the actual zoo ranger get to development instead of this one off kid that we're never gonna see again? Exactly. But I mean, at least this episode gave us something akin to a backstory or some background info on one of mm -hmm. them, which is more than what we've gotten up to this point anyway. So, also, uh, this is something that Riz uh, <laughs> kind of mentioned in our Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episode. But uh, in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episode adapted into this, they actually use footage of untransformed Goshi battling the Dora Monster. Um, and but but it actually works really good because they actually just say yep. that like Goshi is one of Zordon's warriors. I actually really like that. I think that's one of the best uses of like untransformed Sentai Rangers. Um, footage in Power Rangers. Yeah. It it gives some possibility to say Sentai is loosely in canon mm -hmm. with the Power Ranger universe, which I like. Um because, you know, not to get on a Mighty Morphin topic here, but we can because we're kind of at almost at the end of this review season anyway. Review set. Um They, in the first season of Mighty Morphin, had immense trouble trying to learn how to adapt Sentai footage to make it American. And the fact that they were able to weave in Ghosty into the viewing globe and show him fighting and say he's the warrior kind of gave... I have to give props there to the people who did that because that was actually pretty clever. I mean, the most common time uh, I remember like untransformed people appearing uh, is actually in a Time Ranger, where uh, they'll frequently use uh, footage of Eric's counterpart, Naoto, but the funny thing is, they can actually get away with that, because Eric looks a lot like his Sentai counterpart, and you'll see more of that when we review Time Ranger. But that's another conversation for another time. Um... Yeah, I found this episode uh, generally entertaining. Um, I'll probably give it a... I know that I've given a lot of episodes this, but I'm actually going to give this one a 7, too. I'm going to give this a 6, because it didn't really do much for me, honestly. Like, I know... I know Ghosty got something out of this, like, in terms of development. But... It didn't really resonate all yeah. that well to me. I mean, I'm I'm 
I'm fighting for scraps here, and this is the one of the only episodes that's given us that. So I'm I'm giving it a a six just because it at least tried to give us some depth to the characters in some way. Yeah. I just wish that they let him handle the knight himself. You know, just to make it come full circle for him or something, but can't have that. Not in this season anyway. Nope. I mean, at least Zack Mag managed to have the idea of, like, you know, stopping the monster in the power what range. What are you going to do Hmm. Because I liked how the monster looked in both the Sentai and the Power Rangers season, uh, I think I'm going to give this a 7 as well. Okay, <laughs> cool. All right, well, I know we've... Not really been doing it that long, but here we are at the last episode we're going to review. Um, yeah. Uh, the Great Sneeze Woo! Plot. Um, <laughs> this is kind of a, a boy episode. And a, spoiler alert, I think this is the worst episode of The Batch that we're reviewing. Uh, uh, so, yes. in this episode, uh, um, a, a young boy gets tricked by the latest Dora monster into helping him spread sneezing powder around the world, and boy is trying to stop him. Uh, this episode is just a mess, in my opinion. Like, it starts off with boy having, like, this fallout with the G-Rangers because they don't like his cooking, which... That has zero, like, literally the only reason that that fight happens is to just give Boy an excuse to, like, run off in a huff and be next to the soccer stadium. Like, it literally has zero impact. And then we eat, meet this arrogant kid who's mad that people don't appreciate his soccer skills. And how does that translate into a plot about a monster whose power is to make people sneeze? Like, I don't know. And the child of the day is annoying. It doesn't. Really arrogant, and he only just spontaneously just realizes, oh, hey, what I'm doing is wrong. Like, with no real... Like, it takes so little to convince this kid what he's doing is wrong. And it's... I, I don't know. This episode is... This episode really irritated me. Because, like... I don't know. It, it's just a mess, in my opinion. This is the first episode where I wanted to reach through the screen and slap the kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Seriously. That is the biggest criticism I will give this, because, dear God, that kid ruined the episode for me. Yeah. yeah he was a little craphead, wasn't he? <laughs> as, as they said in the Mighty Morphin, <laughs> he's a meanie doo-doo head. <laughs> Picking a couple of different villain names and putting them together, basically. You get mini doo-doo head. Yeah, super mini doo-doo head. <clears throat> yeah. No, super mega... Uh, now, I do want to say this. Um, doo -doo I, I do want to <laughs> give a shout-out to, like, the one good thing about this episode. Now, it's not good enough... Now, I do want to preface. It's not good enough to save the episode, but it's still something I do want to point out. I think the mecha battle of this one was actually one of the better ones. Um... Because, <clears throat> so, to kind of point this out, uh, they discovered that the weakness of the uh, monster is water. So what they do is that they uh, use the um, mammoth 
the Jew Mammoth's power to freeze him, and then they thaw him out, creating like a lot of water, which destroys him. But th so, in other words, they just let the individual guardian beasts do their thing to defeat the monster, a very creative way. And they don't try to force bringing out Daijujin. The Mighty Morphin episode still found an excuse to, like, you know, bring out the Megazord. I, I, the reason why I like that is because I wish that Sentai did this a lot more, where instead of just always just finding a way to force out the big giant robot, like, can't we have a mecha battle every once in a while where, like, the individual mechs just do their thing and find a more creative way to destroy the monster? I just wish that was done a bit more often. I think that's the problem you're going to see a lot until later seasons. I can only, in yeah, terms I can of remember like, two other times. Of battle, uh, of mechs. Uh, at, at least in the Alien Rangers episode, there was that episode where their battle borgs defeat the monster that was made from the uh, from that uh, from that age restoration device that Billy made. And then uh, I also remember uh, in both Turbo and Car Ranger um, the debut of the. Uh, of those um, other mechs, uh, the VRV, or the Rescue Zords in a Turbo, um, in their opening battle, they actually defeat the monster by themselves without combining into, uh, into the, the Megazord form. So I just wish that they did that more often. So I, I actually really yeah. do like the mecha battle in this episode. Uh, that's not enough to save it, and that's why I'm giving it a three. And can we also just say how creepy this clown dude is? Yeah, the the clown in Mighty Morphin was nowhere near this creepy. No. I mean, I'm, trust me, don't get me wrong. MPR one was like kind of like he was creepy, but not in like but like more or less like in, in a sinister kind of way. Like, oh, let me go and take advantage uh, take this child and like wait from wait from Trini and you know he had a, like a he almost kind of, like, like, he was, I don't know, like, he tried to be playful, but then he also seemed sinister at the same time with that, that, that you know, smile is, so. Can't really describe it, though. But here, this guy is just, ugh. Especially with, with that, when the, the, the balls, like, you know, they inflate in his stomach, and, I don't know, it just, I don't know, it just seems weird. Anybody else want to say anything? Um, no, <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> this I was this, gonna say this is forgettable as can be. Yeah, like honestly, that's gonna sound really, really bad. But not even ten minutes before I hopped on here to begin podcasting. I had watched episode 16 of The Arranger. That's why I was a little bit late. Um, and I had to rely on your outline, which honestly, there wasn't much to it, to really even remember that this episode existed. Because my brain told me we stopped at the Destroy the Dark Super Sword episode. And then when we started talking about this, I was like, oh, oh yeah, that happened. So, epitome of forget forgetfulness right there, Patrick. <laughs> it didn't even take 10 minutes. 
Um, but no, I'm going to give this a three with Nate because, yeah, yeah. it was it... bad. <clears throat> Ditto. So, I, I will say, huzzah, we got to the end. Good, because we're going to get to some better stuff uh, next. We <laughs> don't really have to talk about the, uh, you know, the villains. <laughs> yeah. We don't really have much on the villains. Like I don't even remember the villains doing anything much in these episodes. Uh, I do want to ask... The villains, the villains did a little bit. Yeah. The, the most notable thing was I learned that um, he's a vampire. Is there any way we would, uh, uh, yeah, way we would that, change they were our rankings much of the uh, G-Rangers, though? I'm mainly looking at you, Riz, as someone who's not seen the Sentai before. May is at the top. Gothi, Boy, Geki's high for second. Dan's at the bottom. <laughs> this is the exact same thing I told you last <laughs> I love how we're almost all in agreement that Dan's the worst one well okay so l- let me kind of give you some some more insight here into my thoughts Dan was almost put on the same tier as the other three in this one because he was so forgettable and so in the background that he didn't honestly bug me that much this time. But looking at it between these episodes and the ones that came before it, yeah, he's still a little bit below the par- uh, rest of them. But there, there's nothing really character development going on here. The only reason May is still above everyone else is because she's cute. <laughs> And I'm biased, so sue me. I'm sorry. I'm a guy, and I think she's cute. I mean, you're not the only one, so... Um, But with that said, I know you're expecting it, all of you. So let's just get it out the way. I would take any of these five, any day of the week, over, over that godforsaken idiot... From Geki Ranger named Dan. No, I can't agree with that. I don't like Jean, but I, there's no way I can agree with that. Okay, I would rather bland characters <laughs> with no personality and no interesting backstory for 40 episodes than have to beat my head against a wall yelling at the TV about how much Zon sucked. Well, I mean, I'm theoretically bashing my head against the wall watching these guys. Jean just made I mean, me roll my eyes. These guys are actively infuriating me with just how they're all well, poor cut out. <laughs> well, okay, but how, how can he be infuriated at something that has no substance? Because I see potential with these characters. Like, if they I mean, delve into their backstories and, like, well, I missed this about my Homelander, this was something that, you know, I'm fighting for because I promised somebody. And, you know, all this, this, these, these, the baggage of having to basically leave your whole life behind for a fight, you know, and everything like that. They just don't even bother scratching the surface with this stuff. And it's driving me insane that they're just well, 
the most bare bones people you could possibly put into a TV show. Now, I will say, I have not seen anywhere near the number of Sentai's Nathan has. I'm going to start by saying that. Mm-hmm. But I've seen my fair share at this point with you guys and without you guys. And the best way I would ever describe Zero Ranger up until this point to people who have never seen it is imagine the most average episodes of any season not called Senkenzer and Gokai because there's honestly not too many bad episodes there. And just think of the random filler crap that nobody really remembers five months later. And that's all the arranger is. It's random filler crap tied to hardcore cutout characters who we don't really care about. And that's what you get here. You just get an average season, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a lot of potential missing. You know, I, I could have seen Geki being really good as a red. He could have been really good. I thought Ghosty would be one of my favorite characters coming out of this thing. Because the way people talked about him online, I thought Ghosty would be the goat. But he, he hasn't really done anything for me yet. And, you know, I walked into it expecting to not like Dan Boy, but honestly, there's not much to really like or dislike about them. I mean, yeah, Dan's a little annoying, but at least he makes me feel that. So, honestly, Nate, if I had to really give a better assessment of the characters, Dan probably is ranked higher than these three idiots because he at least makes me feel irritated. <laughs> it's probably just my perspective of if I see missed potential, it irritates me more than like bland characters who have no potential, or in the case of the Geki Ranger cast, characters that they kind of you kind of took advantage of their potential, but not really. Well, the, these I guys mean, just feel like missed opportunities. The uh, the essay. <laughs> like, there, well, there's a lot of interesting stuff here that they're just ignoring. I, I would say that Ron from Geki Ranger is on par with these five in terms of character development. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like, like she had I, a more distinct personality than these guys. Granted, it wasn't handled very well, but at least there was something there. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a semblance of something here with these five. It's just you have to dig deep to look at it. Deeper than you have to dig for Rand, but we're also only 15, 16 episodes into the thing. So maybe I'll see it differently by the end. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I would prefer boring, nondescript people who don't infuriate me. Because at least I can forget about it and move on. Like, I won't harp on Zero Ranger in the future at this point. And say how, oh, I hate this, I hate that, like how you do. Because it didn't leave an impression on me of, God, this is terrible crap. I can't believe I'm watching this. What the hell is wrong with Nathan and Anthony? Why are we doing this? Like, that, that was my entire thought process watching Geki Ranger. Here in Zero Ranger, it's more of a, all right, it's here. Okay, cool. whoop de doo We have kids. Oh, whoop de doo We have more kids. The kids are getting more screen time than the actors. 
cool. Okay, whatever. It's still generic crap that doesn't really matter in two months from now. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know. It, it, it's just it's just a matter of perspective. You you yeah. you prefer shell uh soulless husks over the annoying characters we got in the last Sentai. But me, it's just man, I, I see so much potential with these guys and it annoys me. Especially Honestly, when they could have done so much with these guys, like Oh I yeah. Agree. Because remember when we were talking about Shinkenger and wanting to see the previous incarnations of the team? That whole rant and conversation we had when we were going over Shinkenger? That I kind agree, yeah. that kind of looking back would help immensely here. What was the tribes like? What was the differences between the tribes? How did what oh, was there... you're talking about how the Sinkinger families were. Yeah. Like, before... Okay, okay, now I'm with yeah. you, now I'm with you. Yeah, like, all this stuff. And then how does it feed into them as people now and the, the consequences of having to leave it behind to See, deal and with... That's, and that still bugs me about Sinkinger's. We didn't get that backstory. Yeah, exactly, that but... Me. I but Shinkinger because... could... Yeah, Shinkinger, though, could live without that. This season 100%. desperately needs just anything, and that's 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 the kind of stuff that drives me up a wall when it comes to writing yeah. characters. And and, it, like, and 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 kind of skipping ahead a little bit into the season, uh, Goshi, May, Dan, and Boy literally don't change from here on out. Geki actually has a character arc later in the season, and it actively makes him worse. Bri. Yeah, because mm-hmm. of Bri. And Nate and Anthony yeah. can attest to this. It makes Geki a worse character. Oh, yeah. Somehow. I mean, when, we get there, when we get there, I'll give you my <laughs> yeah. opinion. But, um... No, I definitely get it. But I think the reason... I think the reason I want Sinkinger backstory on that stuff versus I don't care if I get a backstory here or not, is because Sinkinger made me feel something for their oh, yeah. world. Oh, yeah. It's all about the fact that while I spent most of the time calling Takaru hot garbage, but <laughs> the rest of the story was phenomenal. Like, I loved, you know, I liked watching it. Yeah. And I wanted to learn more about the world. I wanted more detail. I thought a spinoff where they have the old Senken team from years ago as the main characters doing something would have been kind of cool to see. <laughs> Give us, like, a one of those 10 years later-esque movies, but call it like, what? 50 what, years ago? 50 years earlier or something, yeah. Yeah. As like a one-off movie or something? That would have been sick. <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. And then that way you don't have to worry about getting the old cast back, because then you would just have, have, somebody, have somebody else yeah, to take it, the old. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could even have... Um, I'm blanking on names right now, but the Gold Ranger kind of at his little movable cart thing. Telling and the he's story. Telling the stories of the past <laughs> to some customers. Yeah. Gento, That'd be cool. Gento would do that, wouldn't he? <laughs> but okay, but see, that's the point. 
Yeah. We we did Thin Cancer how long ago? Like six months ago at this point? Mm-hmm. I still feel things for those characters, and I still fondly remember things about all of them. Mm-hmm. That, that that I tell you, man, that's that's how I feel about it. I, like I said, and, I saw and you know, even even looking back, Nate, to Jetman, as much crap as I gave some of the characters, I still have some good memories of them, and I have some good impressions of mm-hmm. them. Do I still have my issues with some of the things that happened? Hell yeah, but at least they tried to do something yeah. good. It just didn't work for me, you know? But but here in Zero Ranger, it's like they thought, okay, we did really well with Jetman. We have a we have a formula that may work. Let's just freaking put things in and see what happens and they're gonna eat it up because they love Sentai at this point. We have them on by the hooks. Hey, which is ironic because this season up to this point was a ratings disaster. Yeah, which, it was. Which ironic, which leads into the story arc we're about to cover next episode. Which I'm gonna yeah. say I'm gonna save the behind the scenes explanation for how this all came to when we get there. Uh, <laughs> because it's hilarious given how the best part of this show wasn't even originally in the script. <laughs> Anybody want to get, uh, do we want to give our closing thoughts on this Sentai? Uh, just uh, for the podcast? I think I already did. Yeah. Yeah, let's just, let's just get to the part that matters already. one. <laughs> I want to see Borai again. Yeah. Now, now, if we're talking about good characters in Zoo Ranger, here we go. Are you ready right. for that, Riz? Bry is the show stealer, man. I can't wait to get to these episodes. Really? <laughs> Boy. No, because I don't care. No, I mean, gen- genuinely, coming from me who hates the season with a passion, this story arc is actually good. And Bry is well, actually. Okay. Let <laughs> so. me. Let me. Let me. Fix what I said and explain better. Okay. Yes, I'm excited to see how historically we got our first six stranger in Sentai. Am I excited for the next batch of episodes after what I've seen? Not really, because me being the person who's never seen this before, I'm walking in thinking, eh, it's going to be more of the same, you know? So. I'm going with low expectations and going to be pleasantly surprised. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you for doing yeah. that. Even with the hype, I don't blame you for doing that. But because <sighs> knowing me, I might find a way to make it bad. I mean, there's still some typical Zoo Ranger writing faults in it, but yeah, the, the, the pros outweigh the cons with this arc, especially given everything yeah. else around it. <laughs> Now, now here's a question. Now that we're at this point, would you guys prefer the Mighty Morphin episodes as a set up until this point in Mighty Morphin um, over I mean, the Deer Ranger stuff? 
Honestly, the more I think about it, I probably would because, I mean, at least as far as the Mighty Morphin episodes that we've seen from here, like, sure, they may be, like, they may not all be the deepest personalities, but at least up until Green with Evil, we got the personalities of all the uh, main five rangers. Like, Jason's the fearless leader, Zack is a goofball, Billy is a nerdy and socially awkward but very intelligent guy. Kimberly's your typical girly girl, and Trini's a cool big sister, so, I mean, we really don't know anything else about these Rangers. so I would honestly have to say I prefer the Mighty Morphin episodes. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I would agree with you that the Mighty Morphin does a much better job of characterization. Like, they don't develop much, but we know who, who they are as people. The one thing I think Zoo Ranger does do better is how the monsters are handled. Because yeah. all these monsters have been based off of actual creatures from European and American mythology or lore and stuff. Like, um, Snizzard's counterpart, I think, was based off of the snake from the Garden of Eden or something. That's why the golden apples and everything, and he's a snake, and yada yada. And they try to tie how they're defeated into the actual lore of these creatures and stuff. And it's a lot more interesting, but Mighty Morphin lost that stuff. They're just monsters that we have to blow up. But, but yeah, I think Mighty Morphin up to this point is just better. Well, with that said, guys, uh, we will uh, jump into the uh, actual good bits and pieces of this next time when we take a look at Burai's story arc. Uh, we definitely look forward to that. Uh, we thank you guys so much for taking the time to uh, check us out here, whether you're watching us on YouTube or uh, or listening to us on Spotify or iTunes. We very much appreciate it. Remember, without you guys, we would not be able to do this, and we love you for that. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, please leave a comment down below with some of your thoughts, especially uh, if you have some different thoughts on G-Ranger. We'll be sure to give your commentary a shout-out. Uh, we once again thank you guys so much for taking the time to uh, check us out. We will be jumping into uh, a very big landmark in Sentai history next time. We hope you guys will check us out for that. But until that time, we will see you later. You guys stay safe. We love you.